0: advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Kate Lowe is the principal at Pretty
1: Pretty Precon, pre-construction services company based out of Atlanta, Georgia. She is an experienced construction professional who has held such positions as chief estimator, pre-construction manager, and cost engineer. Kate is also the board secretary for the Atlanta chapter of the National Association of Women in Construction, She was the NAWIC Atlanta Chapter 49 Rookie of the Year 2022. She was a a NAWIC National PD&E Award winner in 2022 as well. And she holds two first place awards in the AGC Build Georgia Team Awards. Her work experience is pretty vast, but it includes manufacturing, self-storage, industrial, electrical, general contracting, and real estate development, among many other things. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Kate. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I know we were just talking about how we got to meet each other in person over the summer at the NAWIC national conference in Minneapolis. Did you have fun at that conference?
2: It was honestly super eye opening. I had never been to a national convention that was specifically geared towards women. And I was a little apprehensive to go as a first timer because I went alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have anybody from my chapter join me until day two. So I was like, totally, a, you know, a babe in the woods. And I can honestly tell you, it literally changed my life with the encouragement, the mm-hmm. advice, the You know, seeing the different trails that everybody has led, where they started 10 years ago, where they were now, and the idea machine that we were having during drinks after a lot of the events, just everybody was churning in ideas and partnering and wanting to connect and do stuff. And I walked away with like, I don't know, 700 business cards Mm -hmm. and like, uh, you know, tons of new friends and immediate past presidents that I got to really, uh, sit down and get to know.
1: Yeah, there's so much value in it and I agree with you Sh- showing up because I did the same thing. I show I was by myself. Um of course I feel like I already knew everyone because I had met so many people online and um yeah, I don't know. It's just there is a lot of camaraderie and a lot of support. They even have that I can't remember what they called it. I don't want to say newbie, but first timer maybe like a first timer designation. So if you're there for the first time, people know that they can welcome you and kind of show you the ropes and so yeah it's definitely an organization that is extremely welcoming and encouraging to all women it's not a clicky group at all
2: yeah and that that made me you know want to get further in with um with my local chapter and uh reach out to some regional leaders that I know just to kind of keep on track and see where I can kind of fit in in the future um once i stop juggling fire chainsaws which is what i call my job <laughs> uh,
1: i was going to say okay so yeah let's talk a little bit about your your background and your job so you start what did you study in college was it
2: you were studying organizational management is that right so i actually have an art degree guess mm-hmm. what can't do anything with it. So, um, I got into the real world, and I was a waitress, and I was in retail, and I was a little everywhere. Um, my husband's a Marine, so I ended up finishing my degree online after I transferred so many different universities, West Coast, East Coast. Um, so I ended up getting a degree in business development with an organizational management concentration, which is HR, which is hysterical because. HR typically is not the biggest fan of me.
1: Wait, (laughs) why is why is HR not your biggest fan?
2: Oh, because construction is to me the best industry, especially for a person like me. But like retail and food, like I'm just a little abrasive for those um, (laughs) more subservient industries. And uh, construction is totally flipped on its side, and it's completely different. And they like for you to have a personality, and they want to know what you want, what you learned, and they want your input. Um, so I really found a home there. But I first started; I got a temp job as a assistant to an executive at a manufacturing plant, which was Janus International, and I stayed there for three years. I loved Janus um, very quickly my boss gave me different opportunities that just because I showed interest in it. And so as an assistant, he gave me our most high maintenance client, which is public storage, and they loved me. So he was like, awesome. Nobody else wants them. This is yours. Perfect. And then I got Extra space, public storage, Uncle Bob's, all these are big um, self-storage juggernauts. And then I got promoted to an assistant under an estimator project manager. And I kind of slowly worked my way up to I was the first female uh, estimator PM that the company had had.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the job of estimator, first of all. What
2: is is that a construction job? Would you call it construction adjacent? What do you do? Yes. Yes. So an estimator is essentially I'm given a set of blueprints done by the architects and the engineers, and I have to literally price it. So it's blueprint reading, but it's also uh, materials manufacturing. I take labor rates down to. If you say they're doing drywall and the guy has to go up and down the ladder, up and down the ladder, you have to count that as time, you know, for him to like lift all this drywall up there. So I take what is like just a square footage. We're just going to install some drywall, but I'm putting multipliers on it that are broken down per second. So how long does it take to get the ladder out of your truck? How many times are you going up and down versus actually like just putting it up there and drilling some holes and calling it a day? So it's it's taking the entire project piece by piece in order to give the general contractor an idea of what to submit the owner so it's a lot of moving parts and pieces and i've been really lucky that i've i've touched so many different parts of the construction mm-hmm. industry that i i can kind of put myself in that situation cuz i've been in the field i've i've worked with the electrical contractors i've i've worked at the plant i've i've run the tables i've you know um, been out there, gone to see a bunch of different sections. So, um, to me, it's not something that they teach at school. It's really something that you learn. Uh And, um, it's really important because there's just not enough people that have that field experience that can, you know, if you under budget, your company loses money you know, if you hand a project to the PM and you're like, oops, I forgot all the elevators, (laughs) they have to pay that out. So you see a lot of turnover. Um, And I was really lucky as I started out as, you know, an assistant to an assistant um, that I learned a lot of those mistakes really early, not under my umbrella. So now Uh I do it for, um, I was doing it, you know, professionally for general contractors and developers, but my love has always been subcontractors. It To me, it's the only industry where a big conglomerate cannot come in. It's the only American dream. You <laughs> can do it from home. You don't have to be in kind of the wheel of these big companies. And so when I decided to kind of go off on my own, I just was like, who do I like the most? Uh-huh. I like subs. I like subcontractors. So you know, I just kind of put it out there and I was doing it on the side for a couple years and mm-hmm. then, um, life happens. And so I started pretty, pretty pre-con with three clients and a prayer. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So um, I, I actually back up a tiny bit. So you, you were,
1: you were the working, you got this, you were the first woman that was working as an estimator mm-hmm. at that company. Okay. And so how long did you do that for? Uh, Three years, three years. And then you moved on. And then you moved on um, into some of these other positions. How long was it before before you found yourself ready to start your own company?
2: Oh, 10 years.
1: Okay, so we're talking about a decade of experience that you're you're gaining during this time. What? how was the how was it being the only woman that were the first woman doing that? Did you find that challenging? Was it, or is it more of a natural position for you because you were used to it? Um,
2: there's a very specific vernacular and attitude kind of at every different place I've ever been. Yeah. Janet was very buttoned up, so you know everybody was super professional, and it was just all about learning. Um, so I, I didn't really encounter anything like that there. Uh, when I went to electrical. There it is. Uh, <laughs> yes, and yeah. I would go onto a job site, and everybody was like, "Oh, you're the safety manager," and I was like, "No, I'm not. Thank you." <laughs> like, you know, um, so there it was a little, a lot more like in your face. But electricians are awesome. They are so cool, and they have your back. So like every time they said something, they were like, "Talk tech to them," you know. And I'd pull out my electrical book, my Uglies book, and I would just talk technical specs, sizing, whatever. And then very quickly people will kind of turn it like, yeah, we're not gonna mess with that one. Or they do and you know you hurt their feelings and then they just cry and they leave and (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) Okay. So you got to the point then
1: where you you know racking up all this experience. I'm in the industry, but what you know what made you say, okay, that's enough. I'm going to change everything I'm doing now. I'm not going to work for someone else. I'm actually going to do this for myself. What can you talk us through that thought process and what you're going through at the time?
2: Um, Yes. So like I said, I was doing it on the side for a couple of years, just for some people that I knew just like for Christmas money or whatever. Um, and then I went to my first GC, learned a lot. He was awesome, Um, still love them. Went to my next general contractor, learned a little bit more. Um, And then I went to a development firm and it just was too corporate for me. Uh It reminded me a lot of like, oh yeah, you're too loud. You're too, you know, boisterous. I don't know what you're doing, you know? And I felt like I was like, that's oh, that's just not what i want to do and i was like what's my favorite thing to do and it's just sit down and do takeoffs and explain the why the why is the most important piece it's the why will tell you you know based on different kinds of dirt you know when when we're building and it's sand that's completely different than we have to go blast stuff with rock or hey we have a wetlands over here all of those are different variables so I say that I play detective all day. I live Mm -hmm. in this beautiful, like, glitter-filled world of, like, happy contractors, and I just sit here and do my job, and I find the why, and I play detective, and I work my way back. So if you like puzzles, if you like math, gotta love math, um, if you want to know the why and the how and all the different kinds of components, if you're somebody who takes something apart, puts it all back together then you might be a great estimator. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel that people use pre-construction as a step to get to be a project manager. That's typically the trajectory. I've been a project manager and it's not super fun. So I was like, I'm going to go back to estimating because that's kind of better, you know, and it's relationship building. And, you know, on bid day, I'm like, texting my contractors you know threats in a funny gif way of like i need this by two o'clock and it's yeah. noon so let's go um so you know it's it's just a kind of a different personality that you take and in my experience people leave pre-con with less than five years of experience to move uh-huh. on to project management or something else and and uh-huh. I don't think you see a ton of professional pre-construction people, which just means that people are learning their mistakes and leaving. They're like, yeah, Oops, I lost 40 grand. I'm going to go be a project manager. So I'm not on the hook for that. You know, So is this, or, is this what you're
1: talking about when you say there's a gap in the market? There's just not a lot of people doing it.
2: Yes, because a lot of people are hired entry level and learn pre construction, which is great because they get to learn the how and then they go be a superintendent or a yeah. project manager or executive. But when they leave and they step back and that we're replacing with another recent college grad who's never been in the field or Uh doesn't work with that trade or just kind of is like one lump sum and call it a day and put it on that subcontractor, that's a lot of risk that the general contractor or the subcontractor is taking on. And it's a lot of teaching and it's not a lot of promoting. So there is a gap because people will either make a mistake, be held to it be so terrified that they leave uh-huh. or they're just like this is not for me uh-huh. so you see either people are really young or uh-huh. people go back to it after being a project manager and those are usually your senior pre-con people that uh-huh. have been a PM, so
1: so you're filling this gap in the market in the Atlanta region are you finding are there other companies that do a similar thing to you that just focus
2: on pre-con yeah. Uh, yes. So there are 10 here in uh-huh. the state of Georgia. There are 50 across the country, but everybody's different in the way uh-huh. that they bring it, you know, to their clients. Yeah. You know, I don't submit the same thing. A lot of other pre-con companies will charge like a flat rate, but they won't really tell you the why. They're just like, it'll cost $330,000. And you're like, can you show me how you got there? And they're like, <laughs> Um, <laughs> or some other pre-construction companies only do Division Nine, or they only do civil. You know, I do. Yeah. I limit my scope as well because if I haven't physically ran it and been in the field doing it, I feel I'm doing a disservice to a tradesman uh-huh. to do his pre-construction. So while I am familiar because I've done it for five years in the GC world. That is not, I, I don't wanna be a master of nothing. So I specialize in division four, division nine and and 16, which is electrical.
1: So then pre-construction, you, you consider that a trade, right? I do. And why, why would you say that's more of a trade than anything else?
2: I would say that it's a trade because it's something that you have to learn. And it's something that you can only learn from other people in the in that condition, because um, you know people with engineering degrees, construction management degrees, they're great. They already kind of come in knowing, but what they're learning is the philosophy and the principle, and not the how, the why, and the what. Mm-hmm. So when I, you know, when I work with or train, you know, people straight out of college with those degrees, they understand how to read it but they don't know why it means that. So to Uh me, it's the same as being a journeyman electrician. Like you're going in there, you're like, I don't really know anything. And they teach you every single aspect of it through trials and tribulations. And it is not something that I would push if I didn't have 10 years of experience, Uh you know, um, because I can explain in layman's terms, or I can get really tech talk with you about how, why, and I'll physically show you if I, if I have, and I do have those clients where I walk through everything or I'll take the phone call from the GC because I'm the technical knowledge behind the why.
1: Just so I understand the the client, the direct client is the owner, the homeowner or the the property owner, or is it the contractor?
2: My clients are the The subcontractors. Subcontractors. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep, so I work for the electricians, for the drywall contractors, the masons, um, doors, low-voltage fire alarm. I work for those subcontractors who have to give the quote to the GC, who has to give the quote to the owner. But I only do commercial.
1: Got it, and you were talking about how much you love the subcontractor, so that makes sense. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about being a woman-owned small business, did you have to go through any special hoops
2: for that? Or did you encounter any special challenges? No. And the only reason I think that I didn't, um, is because the past 10 years I've been getting to know these subs who now hire me. Right. So, so uh-huh. everybody kind of already knew about me or word of mouth. And, you know, I've been in associations here in Atlanta for like six years, just kind yeah. of different ones. Um, so I already have a nice footprint in the door, but I think that, yeah, if somebody came into this market and was like, Hey, I do this, they'd be like, okay, sweetheart. Sure. You do. <laughs> uh, Most of them know me. And so they don't do that. Um, and I'm, I really do referral work. I don't work for everybody. Um, uh-huh. because I do get that phone call. I get that. And they're like, you charge what an hour, And man, you get more than I do. And I'm like, well, I'm doing it for two hours and you're doing it for seven weeks. So it's a little Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. So you do have to explain the value and what you do, which is why I don't work for everybody because you have to educate people. And if they're not already in the know, then they're probably going to have a hard time reading what I submit to them. My product. That's not, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to
1: do that. I understand. Well, that's the great thing about owning your own business that you can pick and choose like that, depending on the business. So, okay, well, you just launched, I think you said five months ago, right? Mm
2: -hmm. So you've
1: been doing this for five months now. Is there anything so far that you would
2: say you would do differently if you were to start now? Um, Yes, I probably would have had a stronger business plan because I just kind of shot from the hip. And I was like, look, I know how to do this. I don't know anything about the business. I don't know anything about insurance. But I know how to do this billable hour work. Yeah. So I went in, like, and I was like, oh, legal Zoom, call, you know, just let them do it. Yeah, don't let them do it. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Find a CPA, let them do it for you. Yeah. Um, so I, I made some mistakes. I just went up to the tax office for Georgia State Revenue this morning because they had me on a used tax and I was getting nasty grams from the government. And so I had to go up there and be like, I don't. Give you anything, and this is funny. They were like, "Well, what do you do?" And I was like, "I'm, I do a service." And they're like, "Well, what kind of service?" And I was like, "Essentially, you know, engineer, cost engineering, blueprint readings, and like that." And she looked at me like, "That is the biggest scam I've ever heard in my entire life." And that's it, people's like reaction, and yeah. it's hilarious because it's just a weird thing. I like, just don't understand oh, it. No, you, sure, you probably do think I'm a scam because you don't. You know, because it's just a different job. It's weird. Um, (laughs) It's just hard to understand for people, end user, regular, you know, Mm -hmm. people at the Georgia Revenue Office. They just have no clue what I'm doing or why I'm doing
1: it. (laughs) Okay. Well, what has been your favorite
2: thing so far about it? Honestly, it's uh, reaching out to all the people I've been working with from the GC and development side and being like, hey. Can I help you with this? Because a lot of the time as a general contractor, the subs are so busy giving quotes and doing work that they don't have time to quote and not saying that I didn't do it. But sometimes I'd have to do the takeoff for the subs in order to get a price from them because they were just too busy. So now I get to go to them. So I've given them tons of work from general contracting firm and my development firm And now I get to offer them my service and they know me, they trust me. So it's really easy for them to be like, I don't even have to worry about it. Perfect. Uh Great. So, um, so it's just, you know, kind of reuniting with some of my favorite people that are small business, you know, like I like people that may, they don't, don't have an estimator. They don't have a whole office team. Like my client is busting his butt during the day and then billing at night at the kitchen counter at 9 PM, that guy's tired, you know, mm-hmm. like, so, you know, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, I'll take care of it for him. And yeah. then they don't have to worry about that piece or, you know, I'll do your submittals or your project management, whatever you want. Um, that way they don't have to stress and they can just do what they do and make money.
1: Why don't we talk a little bit about your involvement with NAWIC, the National Association of Women in Construction. We mentioned earlier in the show that we we saw each other at the conference. We met each other and we're talking. Um, But you're involved as the secretary of your chapter, right? So how has that been?
2: Um, it's good. It is also juggling fire chainsaws, uh, because I do pd and <laughs> I love PD&E. Uh, but as the secretary on the board, you know, I'm, I'm really just kind of the conduit of communication in the sense that you know i'm doing the minutes but then i'm also like making sure that i touch every event every person like i also do the website for you know our chapter okay. and then you know monthly pdne i do an event or okay. a lunch okay. m- pd yeah. pdne is uh it's, a,
1: it's some Nawick lingo it means uh, pers- personal development education personal development it and is-
2: education Professional, Professional development yeah. and education. Yeah.
1: Professional development and education. Just so everyone knows what it means. Okay, go ahead.
2: Yes. So, um, so I'll go to a sub or a GC or somebody um, and I'm like, let's learn your trade. So I either have them as a lunch and learn where they can tell mm-hmm. us like we're doing one coming up for safety consultants because all the OSHA rules have changed. Uh, we've done an OSHA one. Every quarter I do a job walk at a different part of the construction project. So we'll go walk after the civil guy is done and we we'll, you know, we actually pay for our own insurance. So we'll actually go and get up on the gear. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, then we've done, you know, flooring events, we've done rough walks, um, you know, some of the big, we've got really cool, um, companies that have R and D here in Atlanta. So, you know, anytime I can like get in there and be like, what are you doing? Can I have a private tour? You know, yeah. I want to know, like, I personally, I love the structure and the infrastructure, um, you know, and everybody likes the you know the pretty paint and the flooring, uh, which is great too. Uh, but you know, I like the infrastructure side of it. So if I can ever get into the belly of a building, I will absolutely do that. <laughs> yeah. So so NAWIC,
1: yeah, NAWIC has so many great events, and I can see you taking advantage and helping um, helping organize them. In your experience, then, so you've you've been working with National Association of Women in Construction, and you've been working yourself in the construction industry in Atlanta area for a really long time now. What is your take on overall how the construction industry can be friendlier to women, to attract more women and then to retain them?
2: I, I'm i a big advocate of the great resignation that has been happening over the past couple years. Um, I will say as an estimator, when I first started out, I made less than a waitress probably. Um, and you, you and I kind of everybody kind of knows this but you really you don't get a raise unless you leave somewhere because they'll you know if you stay at a company they tend to give you like little raises but then you see people come in and they come in at this whole different tax bracket Um, mm-hmm. and that's just that was just kind of the industry right yeah. so the great resignation over the past two years we are not settling for forty thousand dollars a year we um, are not expected to work 40 hours. We are expected to work 80 hours and they, they hide it, but they're like, well, you're a salaried employee. So that's not necessarily 40 hours. Right. Um, but to me, the great resignation made these companies kind of on a standard higher at a higher dollar value based on your experience. I've been knocked down personally, on salary because i don't have a degree in construction um there are only 22 universities that have degrees in construction i'm going to add that um Uh and i've been given less because of that even though i have many many certifications and i do have a college degree um and so i think the great resignation is great because now you you go into these companies you have a better package you have higher salary um you're you're typically structured based on what you win and profit margins, which I always liked because I build in money. I can, I can always save some money. Um, So I think that that's a great thing, but I will tell you for six of my 10 years, I didn't make what a teacher makes, Uh you know? And so I really had to stand up for myself and learn to negotiate And Uh I did, and I got exactly what I wanted when I started getting serious about negotiation and be like, I don't have to do anything. So let's think about what I offer. And the biggest tip that I can give is write it down. Uh Every day you do something, write it down. Project, project size, people, contract, everything. I've got this big, giant thing so that you go in with more than just a resume, or you go into your review with proof of function. Uh Uh
1: So, okay, so I, so the Great Resignation um, is causing companies to take a look at themselves and what they're doing and how much they're paying and start understanding that they need to be paying people more. Do you think, are you saying that this has to do with women because it is mostly women who are participating in this Great Resignation, so companies are starting to have to really look at how they're treating women?
2: Yes and you know like i said compensation packages so now there's um there's been several l- local laws here in georgia specifically for um maternity leave and and breastfeeding you mm-hmm. know um and i think that's great the the option you know and i i didn't certainly didn't have the option when i was pregnant and having babies but i think it's i'm trying to see how to say this larger companies are finally looking at DEI which is diversity wow. inclusion diversity equity and inclusion thank you yes <laughs> so we start, so part of the resignation is now we're starting to see um you know people directors where they're really worried about are my employees happy because uh-huh. the cost of turnover is so great uh-huh. like i've been replaced several times where i've left a company and they hire three people and i'm like well, clearly you could have afforded the raise, but you wouldn't give it to me over a four-year per time period. But now you have three people doing my job, you know? And so it costs them more to solicit and get new hires than it would be to just keep them happy. And I think that bigger companies are now seeing that. And that's yeah. why we're seeing all these like new roles. There's DE&I professionals all over. There's director of people. That's one that I'm uh-huh. seeing a lot Um That my friend, who's a lawyer, does, and uh, Mm -hmm. she loves it. And it's great because it's all about compliance. And turnover is bad. And I think that the construction industry was hit in 2008. And then, you know, specifically women, we represent 11% of the construction industry, Mm -hmm. and 72% of that, according to the Department of Labor, is administrative. Mm -hmm. So there's not that many women in the field. There's not that many women without a higher education invited into this occupation. And uh-huh. I think that's really sad because I just had a really go get attitude. And I was just excited that somebody was training me and wanted to teach me things. And I just absorbed as much as I humanly could. Uh-huh. And that's why my career trajected up. But that is not the norm. And you mentioned um, in the
1: show notes that millennials and Gen Z are changing the industry. Now, is that is that what you're talking about right now?
2: Yes. And I think that, you know, our willingness to, um, you know, we want to put the best time in for our 40 hours, but we're not going to work 80 hours, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we're just, we're going to set a strong definitive line that this is my job Uh and anything outside of that you uh, should be paid for. I think that we, I'm a millennial, but I think that I've seen a lot of other millennials get into these executive positions and now they're like, you know what? They're not get an assistant, pay $12 an hour and grab an assistant and get her some help. Uh And I think that's only because we're entering this leadership role or we are finally um, standing up for ourselves in, you know, closed doors conversations with our, our team leaders and being like, this is not okay. And I think, so I think that's all kind of wrapped up in the great resignation, but to me, you know, the, the more, Women that I meet are really stand-up women. We are going to make the change.
1: I want to congratulate you on your the launch of your business, Pretty Pretty Precon. And before we go, I need to ask you about the
2: name, of course. <laughs> What does it, where did it come from? What does it mean? So um, I worked for a GC that had a great superintendent who's recently retired, um, but he had a pink, he had one pink hard hat <laughs> in his trailer. And if you forgot the pink, if you forgot your hard hat, he, you know, put a sticker on it. was like, I forgot my hard hat. So I'm right. wearing the pink one. Right. So when I went to do job walks, I always grabbed that pink hard hat and I was like, this looks so good on me. Reclaim um, and- that hard hat punishment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I've always heard, hey, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. Um, but you know, they're like, Oh, you're so cute. Why don't you go do something at business development? Why don't you go to marketing? will not you go do whatever? And I'm like, yeah, y'all I'm not nice enough for those jobs. Like, so, <laughs> you know, so to me, the pretty, pretty is a little backlash to the industry. Uh, huh. Because one of my biggest clients, he's one of my biggest advocates. He is the biggest burliest, you know, refrigerator man in the world, and he goes and talks nationally. Um, and he always brings my business cards and and hands them out. And he's just like, I hate saying it, but I have to go, Kate C A I T at pretty pretty precon dot com. And so now he says it's two pretties and a pre-con. And I think it's (laughs) hilarious because all these big burly men are my clients and they're just like, yeah, it's good. So I just, you know, so it's just my way to be like, I'm feminine. I'm here. I'm not afraid. Um, Let's go. Let's go to the mat. And so it's just my little independent way of being cute and flirty and playful.
0: And take me as I am
2: yeah I love it I think it's bold it's really
1: it's it's bold it's relevant it's modern it goes along with our whole you know purpose of spreading the word to everyone in the industry that just because we're women doesn't mean we have to be a man to fit in with the industry we can be ourselves we can be whoever we want to be and still succeed and strive and and succeed so I love it Kate Lowe principal at pretty, pretty, Precon, con. Thank you so much for joining us. I have been wanting to get you on for a while. So I'm so glad we finally got you. I love it. And I hope to see you at an upcoming New event
0: soon. Yes. Amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have been listening to the hazard girls podcast on jacket media sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's JunoJonesShoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Solaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.